Good afternoon, you guys. This is John Wallace. I am the pastor of New Beginnings Church in Huntington, Texas. I'm so grateful that you found this broadcast. I believe that the Lord's going to speak to you through it. God bless you guys for tuning into this. I thank you so much. Uh, I just believe that God is going to speak to you and open your eyes to some amazing things if, if they're not already open. So again, just thank you so much for tuning into this. We're going to be diving into Revelation 13. So if you have your Bible, which I encourage you, you can turn there. I also encourage you this. Uh, you can use your phone. You can use paper. But you might want to write some of these things down. Um, what we're going to be talking about today is something that I feel is super important regarding the end of time, the second coming of Christ. But it's also something that a lot of people are asleep to, oblivious to. A lot of Christians don't realize what's going on in the world right now, and I think that, that we need our eyes open to this. And so I've had a lot of people ask for this message. We had some technical difficulties with our live stream yesterday uh, in the sound, and so I came back and I wanted to make a separate recording of this because of how important I feel that it is, and I've had several people request it. And so we're going to be looking at the end time, the talking about the Antichrist and what the world's going to look like, uh, what the economy's going to look like. And with that, the insight that Revelation 13 gives us of what the government and the economy and buying and selling and trading and, and kind of the things that the, the Antichrist, the person, is going to set forth, we can actually see pushes and an agenda that is being pushed in that direction right now. And that's what I want our eyes to be open to. So before we get into Revelation 13, let's read 1 John 2.18 again. It says, The last hour is here. You have heard the Antichrist is coming, and already many such Antichrists have appeared. So this can be confusing. You could be saying, What does it mean the Antichrist is coming? Well, I get that. I know that there's supposed to be this person that rises up uh, during the end times and the, during the tribulation, and he rises into power, and this great, uh, horrible seven years comes upon the earth. But what does it mean when it says many antichrists have appeared? This is really what we're going to be focusing on today. In 1 John 4, uh, verses four, it, 3 through 4, it actually interprets what that means. So let's look at verse 3 of 1 John. Chapter 4, verse 3, it says, But if someone claiming to be a prophet does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. Such a person has the spirit. I want you to see this. The spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard is coming into the world and indeed is already here. So the Bible says that there will be a person that the Bible calls the beast, the Antichrist, the spirit of Satan, this person that rises up led by the spirit of Satan, oppressed, possessed, however you want to say it, by the spirit of the Antichrist, by the spirit of Satan, that does the work of, of Satan in the end time. But the Bible also says that there is this spirit that is already here at work. And this is what I want to help open your eyes to, that because I feel like a lot of Christians are just sitting back and waiting, you know? And I, I hate to say it, but I honestly feel like there's a lot of people on the earth right now that, that are kind of just in this waiting mode, 
in this sleeping mode and they know that there's going to be this rise of this satanic power but they're just kind of sitting back and waiting and saying okay when we see that happen when we see this person rise up then we'll get serious then we'll get our lives right then we'll wake up guys but you don't understand whenever that person rises into power it will be too late because the church won't even be here that's another teaching for another time what I want to focus on is the Bible says, yes, there will be a person known as the beast, the Antichrist, but there is a spirit that is at work right now. The spirit, the same spirit that is going to be on that person and in that person uh, during the last days, that spirit is actually already on the earth and, and at work. Um, and so I want to help expose some of the things that, that we see some of the ways we see that Antichrist spirit, that Antichrist system, that Antichrist agenda raising its head. Um, and so right now, there's two main works of the Antichrist spirit on the earth right now. What is the Antichrist spirit doing? So if the spirit is on the earth, what is it engaging in? What is it doing? Number one, it is setting the stage for what the Bible says is coming. We're going to look at Revelation 13. And again, it gives us insight into what the government will look like. It gives us insight into what economical trade will look like. And so there's this spirit that is already at work in governments, in people, in politicians, in, in, in high levels of society. It's already at work trying to set the stage for when uh, the Antichrist, the person, steps into power, like we see in Revelation 13. Number two. We see the Spirit at work foreshadowing what is to come. I want you to, to know this. Satan is just a cheap imitation of God. All that Satan can do is imitate God. You know, that even the Bible says that Satan comes like an angel of light. Satan is not some person that some little red creature with horns and a pitchfork like we saw on looting tunes that he's sitting at a podium and he's smacking his hammer you know and flames come up and people are in a little cage like we saw when bugs bunny was in hell or daffy duck or elmer fudd that's not satan it says the bible actually says satan comes like an angel of light why does he come at light because he's he's mimicking light he's imitating the light he comes in the form where it looks good, it looks bright, it looks like God, but it's deceptive. That is Satan's angle, Satan's goal is to deceive people, to convince people that he is one thing when in actuality it's something completely different. And so God always did this. The reason I'm saying that is God always foreshadowed what he was going to do before he did it. You look at, in the Bible, the Passover, way back in Egypt, when God rescued the, the Israelites out of Egypt, you know, they took a lamb. Think about it. They took a lamb that was spotless, that was without blemish. They sacrificed that lamb. Who was that lamb talking about? Jesus. They took the blood of that lamb. They put it on their doorpost. They took the flesh of that lamb and they ate it. And then you have the first Passover dinner where we have communion. The New Testament teaches us that that was just a foreshadowing of Jesus. Look at Joshua. You know, the Hebrew name for Jesus is actually Yeshua. Yeshua, Joshua. Joshua was this person raised up by God to take the people of God into the promised land. 
Again, it's just this big foreshadowing of Jesus. God always foreshadows what he does, what he's going to do before he does it. Look at Noah. You know, God is getting ready to send judgment on the earth, and he rescues the righteous. He takes the righteous and removes them from the judgment and rescues them from the judgment. That was a real judgment, but that was also a picture of the second coming of Christ, of what's going to happen. And so Satan does the same thing. Satan follows God's pattern. He is always imitating what is going to happen before it actually happens. You know, back in the 1930s and 40s, people thought that Hitler was the Antichrist. A lot of people thought that Hitler was the Antichrist, and for good reason. You look at what Hitler did. What did he do? Number one, he hated the Jews. He persecuted God's people. He hated Israel. He killed God's people. You know, he was for one world government. He wanted to rule the entire world. He wanted to conquer the entire world. He was for one race. He was for one world power. So people thought, wow, that, you know, that lines up with a lot of the things that we see, like in Revelation 13, what we're going to look at. Maybe this person is the Antichrist. Well, we know Jesus didn't return. He wasn't the Antichrist. But this explains what the Bible is talking about, is that there is this spirit that is already on the earth. The Spirit is not coming into the world. The Spirit is already in the world. And this Spirit is constantly doing two things. One, setting the stage for the Antichrist, for the person to step onto the platform. And then number two, constantly foreshadowing the events that are to come at the return of Christ and when the Antichrist is is in a place of power during those years of tribulation. So with that being said, let's get to Revelation 13, and let's look at this. Again, this is insight into, this will help us see what that spirit is doing right now on the earth. And that is my ultimate goal in, in giving you this teaching, is that believers would be able to instantaneously recognize, instantly recognize when that Antichrist spirit raises its head in government. When that Antichrist spirit raises its head when somebody's running for office. When that Antichrist spirit raises its head when there's a a bill trying to be passed, an agenda trying to be passed, law trying to be passed. We could see, look at right now, I don't know when you're going to listen to this, but right now we're right in the middle of the coronavirus outbreak. If you, you know, people get so caught up in the coronavirus and they think it's just this disease, it's just this virus. But when you start seeing the world through this lens, you'll see that there's an agenda within this coronavirus that is absolutely in line with the stage that that the Antichrist spirit is trying to set. Let's look at this stuff. Revelation 13, verse 16. It says, He, talking about the beast, talking about the Antichrist, when when the person actually rises into a place of power, it says, He will require everyone everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to be given a mark on their right hand and on their forehead. No one could buy or sell anything without that mark, which was either the name of the beast or the number representing his name. First thing that I want you to see, the Antichrist that says in Revelation 13, he is going to require everyone to take this mark, no matter who you are, no matter where you are, 
No matter how young you are, how old you are, how rich you are, how poor you are, whether you're white, whether you're black, whether you're Spanish, whether you're Asian, he's going to require everyone. Let me ask you a question. How is that possible? How could a world leader, how could a leader require something from everybody? If China starts making laws, does the, the, do the laws in China apply to me as a United States citizen? No. If the, Donald Trump passes a law and our Congress passes a law, do those, laws, do those laws apply to somebody living in Japan, living in Ethiopia? No. It applies to United States citizens. So here's the question. How would it be possible for the Antichrist to impose something that is required of every single person? Point number one. I encourage you to take notes on this. Number one. We'll go right through this. Satan is pushing for one world government. Satan is pushing for one world government. You know, I want you to think about this. In Revelation 13, there has to be, in order for that to happen, there has to be a one world government. The scripture says that not only will they have that mark, but that mark will determine if you can buy or sell anything. And without that mark, you can't buy. You can't engage in society without this mark. And so we have this picture of a one-world government, and we have this picture of, of this one-world economy. Everything is underneath this one umbrella. You know, again, it, it all in order for this to happen, it all has to be under a gl one global government, one world power, one world economy, one world currency. That is the only way that Revelation 13 can possibly happen. You know, again, if if I buy something, if I go down to Brookshire Brothers here in Huntington, Texas and buy something, the leader of China has no say in what I'm buying in the United States of America. And so again, for, for this to be possible, there has to be a one world government. I don't know how involved you are with politics or how in tune you are with the things that are happening right now, but I want you to think about how much of, of the things that are taking place right now are trying to push us in the direction of a one world government. You know, it even mentions that this mark, this mark is going to dictate what you can buy and sell. This mark is going to dictate with how you can interact in society. Right now in the coronavirus outbreak, they've already been talking about vaccines. And, and they're trying to make this vaccine where they're putting this microchip in this vaccine. So they're saying, and the microchip, if you don't have the microchip in the vaccine, you can't go back to work. You can't go to the grocery store. You can't go back into society. So my point is this. Am I trying to say, guys, I've solved it. You know, the coronavirus vaccine is the mark of the beast and all that. That is not what I'm trying to say. I don't know. But what I am trying to say is the Bible teaches that there is a spirit that is at work right now. And it is setting the stage for these things to be possible. So even if the vaccine is not the mark of the beast... We, we can still see that the Antichrist spirit is trying to use that to push us in that direction. To push us in that general direction. Where we start getting used to microchips. Where we start getting used to things that, that are made for everybody. Everybody has to take it and without taking it you can't do certain things in society. We see that push in that direction. 
So I just want to help open your eyes to some things because here's the thing. Whenever you start seeing that, it doesn't matter how they candy coat it. It doesn't matter if the government tells you this is the greatest thing on planet Earth and it's so necessary and it's so important. If you're a believer and you that that starts, if things start going in that direction, you can automatically see, no, I don't care how good they're trying to play this thing off to be. This is the spirit of the Antichrist pushing us in a direction for the fulfillment of what was written thousands of years ago in Revelation 13. Guys, there's so much happening in our world right now that is pushing us in that direction. I want to talk about a government agency right now called the United Nations. I don't know if you know anything about them. You know, but this is an organization that started right after World War One. So when World War One ended, you know, all these nations came together and they were underneath a different name then. I don't want to get it wrong, so I'm not even gonna try. They were underneath a different name. I think there was twenty five different nations. They came together and they signed basically what started out as just being a peace treaty saying, look, we want peace on earth. We don't want wars anymore. We're going to make this contract together where we we are making a commitment to resolve things peacefully, resolve things peacefully from now on. Well, obviously we know World War II happened. That didn't happen. They failed. Their little contract didn't work. So World War II happened. It was horrible. Tons of people lost their life. Tons of countries came against each other. I know the Axis versus the Allies. You know, they have a board game of that now, which is great. I've played recently. Love it. Wonderful. Um, But then you have the formation of the United Nations. And basically what the United Nations was is you had a representative from China. You had a representative from England. You had a representative from Japan, from Russia, from United States, from all these different nations that came together to form this group that said, look, we're going to work together to make sure that this doesn't happen again. Well, that's evolved. You know, that seems like a great thing. To a Christian, to a person that's not a Christian, it seems like a great thing to have peace on earth. And that's what they sugarcoated this thing as in the beginning, that we're just going to come together and it's going to be about bringing peace and ending war on the planet, ending these wars between different countries and different nations. We're going to work together. That sounds great. Well, now it's 2020, and that original agenda has shifted and twisted into several different things. And so the United Nations have come together, the United Nations has come out and said that we have an agenda, and originally it was called Agenda 21, or I'm sorry, Agenda 2021, Agenda 21, and they had basically these nine different things, nine different facets that they wanted to impose globally by the year 2021. Well, that didn't happen, and so now they've revised it, and it's Agenda 2030. And it's broken down into nine different points that they want taken globally. Different world leaders. We have a United States representative. There's a representative from China, from Japan, from Germany, from Russia, from from United Kingdom, from all these different countries come together. and, And now they're saying we want these things pushed across the globe, these specific things, by the year 2030, by the year 2030. So I want you to see this. This is, this is their statement from the internet. You can look at their page, United Nations. 
a comprehensive, this is under Agenda 2030, it is a comprehensive plan of action to be taken globally. Can you see that word? Globally, nationally, and locally by organizations of United Nations system governments and by major groups in every arena of life in which humans have impact on the environment. Can I tell you something? We read in Revelation 13 that in order for Satan to do what he's going to do on this earth, there has to be a one-world government. There has to be a one-world economy. So anytime you're a believer and you start seeing language of we want a comprehensive plan of action to be taken globally, nationally, and locally. Globally means everybody. Doesn't matter which country you're in. Doesn't what I just said. It doesn't matter what, how rich you are, how poor you are, whether you're white, whether you're black, whether you're Asian, whether you're South American. It doesn't matter where you're, how old you are, where you're from, what your economical demographic is. When you hear language like that. You need to start seeing things through the lens saying, wait a second, I don't care how good they say this is. That is setting the stage for something the Bible predicted thousands of years ago that is not good for people. It's horrible. Globally, nationally, locally. You know, so what they, what they said is we want this to change nations' constitutions nation's government, that this would be adopted by the nation to make it a, a national law. And then locally, by local organizations. You know, even in this coronavirus, we've seen how different states have different state laws and the governors have different powers to do different things. And so they covered every branch. They say, look, there's no way of getting out of this is what they're trying to say. We want this taken at every single level, every country, every state, every, uh, every county within every state. Just it's talking about the United States of America. I know other countries are set up differently, but we want this taken Seriously and uh, implemented at every single area in which humans have impact on the environment. Anytime you hear language like that, turn and run. Not run in the other direction like a scared dog, but you need to push in the opposite direction. So let me show you. This is Agenda 2030. This is broken down into nine main facets. Number one of their agenda to be taken globally, nationally, and locally. Number one, this is what they want for us. Move citizens off of private land into urban housing. Let's get you off your land. You own an acre, you own two acres, you live outside of city limits. Well, what, you can fire, you know, you live outside of city limits, you can burn things, you can shoot your gun, you can hunt, you can do all kinds of things. Let's take that power away from you and let's put you in urban controlled housing. You know, it's like, I don't know how they're wanting to promote this, but it's basically saying, hey, this is what we're going to do. And imagine how many people would bite at this thing. We are going to build a community center. We're going to build a gated community, nice two-story houses, all within this gated community that has a wall around it. We're going to have schools inside this community. We're going to have swimming pools. We're going to have a youth center inside this community. We'll give you a free house. You won't have a mortgage. You won't have a loan. You won't have any of that. All you have to do is hand us the deeds to your private property, and we'll give you a free house inside of this community. Man, I can tell you how many Christians 
And how many Americans, right off the bat, would be lining up with their deeds in their hand to hand it over and say, absolutely, that sounds wonderful. Man, I'm going to tell you again, Satan comes like an angel of light. He doesn't come spooky and scary and, and, and blatant evil. He comes to deceive people. The people are like, that sounds great. No loans. That sounds great. This little community, that sounds wonderful. But I'm telling you, what could possibly go wrong with that? Well, you would be taking power away from people. You know, land is one of the most valuable things is because it can't be reproduced. It can't be made. That that we that land is becoming, owning private land is like gold. Less and less of it is out there. As the government buys it up, as, as main companies and businesses buy land up, owning private land and, you know, land appreciates. It doesn't depreciate, just like houses. I know that markets and stuff fluctuate, but it's super valuable. If you have private land, you have your own personal freedom. You have your, you know, you can do stuff out there that's unregulated. You can do stuff out there that's more unmonitored, you know, and so that's a tactic to take power away from people. Look at number two. Create vast wilderness spaces inhabited by large carnivores. Y'all, and I want to tell you, this is why it's important. Because that sounds like a good thing. And this is how Satan and that spirit and the government and the left side will push certain things. Is Look, it's important for us to save our planet. It's important for us to save the ecosystem. It's important for us to stop global warming. So what we're going to do is we're going to put a front up and say, look, it's all about saving the economy. That's a good, I'm sorry, it's all about saving the planet and the ecosystem. That's a good thing. And they'll make that the selling point, but then it'll be laced in the background with, with all these other things that are meant to strip power away from people. You know, I don't know how far out this is going to go, but just something that's happened recently is we've had this battle over these stimulus packages in America where the government provided relief for citizens. And gave them, you know, money deposited in their accounts to help since they shut down businesses, which we're going to look at that in a minute. But this is something that the, the Democratic side caught a lot of heat for. You know, that they rejected originally the Republican stimulus package and they said, we're going to bring our own. So they brought their own and they, had, they wanted to give people more money so it looked really good and more people would buy it at it, but it was backdoored with different stuff to fund Planned Parenthood and stuff to take rights away from people. They were trying to push certain agendas that they've been trying to push for a long time, but they could never do it. So what they wanted to do was, lace, was front it, have a big upfront selling point of we're going to give more money to people so that people would buy into it and then get this, the things pushed in the back that they wanted pushed. That's how Satan works. You know, Satan is like a master magician. You got the smoke and the lights and the show going to your left. You, he gets you to focus on something over here. And when your attention's over here, the magic trick is happening behind the scene. And that's what they were trying to do. And so anytime that I hear this global stuff, this environment stuff, if we don't stop now, you know, the earth is going to be hot. The global ice caps are going to be melted in 10 years. They said that 10 years ago. If we don't stop now, uh, the generation in a million years from now won't be, you know, the earth won't be sustainable at this rate. We're not going to be here in a million years. 
Jesus is coming back very soon and he's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. If you're not a believer, that may sound crazy to you, but it's the truth. You know, Jesus, God put oil here for us to use. God put resources here for us to use. And we're not going to run out of those resources before his return. We can use them. That's what they're here for. Anytime you see that, and Satan knows that. Satan knows that we're not going to be around a million years from now. So anytime you see these pushes for the save the save the planet and stuff, I'm telling you, it's always just a front. And every time you look into it, I promise you, every single time there is something that it's laced with in the background that they don't want anybody to see that's meant to take jobs away from people, meant to take power away from people, meant to take freedom away from people. But it's just up fronted with this big picture of help us do something that's super great and save the planet. Number three of Agenda 2030, eliminate cars and create walkable cities. I can see several problems with this. You know, think about this. Again, you have no car, you have no getaway. That hey, we're we're gonna put you in this little community that we're gonna build. You'll live. Everybody will live in this community. You won't even need cars because you all live here. You'll all work within the wall. You'll you'll all uh, everything you'll need. The grocery store will be within the wall. You won't ever need to leave. That sounds great until like what Hitler did in the 1930s and 40s when he started rounding people up, putting them on trains and shipping them to concentration camps. Well, now I don't have any private land to retract to. Now, which we'll get at too, you know, they've taken away your guns because it's government regulated where you live. You live where they want you to live. You work where they want you to work. Now you have no car. You have no freedom. You have no power. You're just a big uh, cow like a bunch of sheep being led to the slaughter. We have to recognize this. I want you to look at this. Number four, support chosen private businesses with public funds for sustainable development. You know, that's them saying, what we're going to do is we're going to take away the market. You know, in the market, you can, anybody can start a business is the way it's set up right now. You can start a business. You do it legally. You can sell as long as what you're selling is legal. You can sell it. You can market it. You can go as big as you want to go. Uh, and people become millionaires that way. What they're saying is let's take that aspect away and we'll choose the businesses that we like, the businesses that support our agenda, the businesses that we find beneficial for what we are trying to accomplish, and we're going to fund it with taxpayer dollars. What does that mean? That means that it doesn't matter if they have a bad year. They don't make it or break it based off of what they sell. It'll be funded by taxpayer dollars. That'll do two things. For one, that'll eliminate, it'll make it impossible for private businesses to flourish. You need that nobody will be able to start a private business. Why? Because it'll always be bought out. It'll always be choked out by the specific ones that they're saying the government will choose which ones they find more beneficial and for the greater good. And they're going to support it with government funds, with taxpayer funds. Two, what could the devil be wanting to do with this? You know, and this is a big problem with socialism, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Is socialism is basically one of the key thoughts of socialism is that the world would, it would be impossible for there to be billionaires in the world. It would be impossible with socialism for there to be multi-millionaires. Why? Because basically the concept is once you achieve a certain level of wealth, you start getting taxed so high 
that it is impossible for you to obtain all of that wealth and, and most of your wealth will be taxed and then redistributed. So you can basically hit a, a, a ceiling and once you hit that ceiling, you can't go any higher. Again, it's all a tactic from the devil to take power away from people. You know, people don't like to talk about this, but if you have money, even the Bible teaches this, the rich rule over the poor. If you have money, you have power and influence in this world. The devil doesn't like Christian multimillionaires. The devil doesn't like people that have influence, that have power, that have pull. People that, that greatly fund and benefit their communities that are Holy Spirit-filled believers. When something starts being pushed in their community, they stand up and they have a voice because they have money and they have power. If the devil can strip away your ability to create wealth, then he can strip away power and influence. Number five, it says for their agenda 2030, make policy decisions that favor the greater good over individuals. I'll give you an example of this. Them trying to disarm the population. That's the argument that they've made. You know, I can say as an individual, I have a right to own a gun. That's in my second amendment. You know, my, my constitution gives me this right. I've went all through all the channels. I've done it legally. I've obtained my concealed license. I've taken the classes. I can pass a psychiatric exam. I'm not going to shoot anybody up. I should have a right to own a gun. They'll say, okay, you're not the problem, right? There's people like you that could own a gun, but that's not for the greater good. The greater good is for us to take away guns in general. And when we take away guns, then there won't be gun violence. We won't have mass shootings. We won't have these problems with schools, with concerts, with people blowing, you know, going into a public place and shooting it all up. Well, we know statistically that's not true. They've proven that statistically. The people that create that, uh, you know, the people that are committing those crimes, crimes are already breaking the law. They think if they make it against the law to have guns, that you're gonna all of a sudden eliminate those problems well the people that are breaking the law are going to break the law either way you know as long as it's possible to to do that they're going to find a way you could still go buy guns off the black market they're never going to have that completely regulated statistically that's proven and so you have to ask what is the agenda behind this if we can disarm the population you take away our ability to defend ourselves and and satan knows that you know, in World War II, when Japan bombed Hawaii at Pearl Harbor, they originally had a plan to come uh, and invade us on U.S. territory and U.S. soil. They were going to come in through California, and then there was going to be another section of them that, that came up through the Gulf through the South. Once they started looking at that, they said, Oh, no, that would be a horrible idea. People ask, Well, why? Because they started seeing how many citizens were armed in the South. That not only would they be confronted with military, with Coast Guard, with National Guard, but as they got into the rural communities, they would be confronted with one citizen after another, after another, after another that had private firearms, firepower. And so again, you start saying, when they start saying, oh, well, we just want the greater good, I'm telling you, They'll say, hey, it's for the greater good. Who cares if you have rights? It's for the greater good. Now it's legal. We want your guns. You have to give them to us. To take power away from people. Now all of a sudden, the, the people that are against you have the gun and you don't have the gun. Now you, you know, you're forced to either do what they say or die. That's how it's been in history. 
That's what Hitler did in Germany. Let's go to number six. Drastically reduce the use of power, water, or anything that creates carbon pollution. Think where this could go wrong. We're going to move you off private land. We're going to choose who has private business, who doesn't. We're going to eliminate cars. Now we're going to regulate power and water and electricity and, and fossil fuels and all that. I'm telling you guys. And then all of a sudden the government gets it in their head. Hey, we have certain agendas that we want to pass. And if you don't stand behind it, we're going to cut off your water supply. We're going to cut off your power supply. We're going to cut off your food supply because it's all regulated by them. You know, when you start depending on them, that's a horrible thing. And that's when you start seeing laws being passed that are created to get people to depend on the government for their for their finance. You know, even the stimulus check, I know it helped a whole lot of people, but it's not a good thing to get people living in that mindset. Well, I don't need to work. I don't need to do anything. I'm just going to get a check in the mail. Well, all of a sudden, if they start threatening to take that check away and they say, well, you can keep the check as long as you do X, Y, and Z, you'll do what, you know, people will do whatever they ask. That is a spirit of the Antichrist setting the stage for Revelation 13. Number seven, use bureaucracies to make sweeping decisions outside of democratic process. Bureaucracy means this, it's a system of government in which most of the important decisions are made by state officials rather than elected representatives. I'll put that in layman's terms. That's basically them saying, we can pass laws even if it's not voted on. Even if the people that you have voted to represent you didn't agree to it, didn't pass it, didn't vote for it. If it's for the greater good, we have the right to pass laws even if you don't vote for it and you don't want it. Do you see how somebody with a demonic agenda, how that could play in, you know, how that could be a very bad thing? Number eight, increase taxes and fees and regulations. That's what I just mentioned, mentioned with socialism. It's to take power away from people. And it doesn't work. You know, anytime the, and that's the thing too, is that 30 years ago, we created a serious problem when we started telling women, specifically, I want to focus this, you know, in the black community, you can have as many children that you want outside of marriage, and we will always make sure that they're taken care of. We'll give you money. We'll make sure your bills are paid. We'll make sure you have food stamps. We'll, we'll, you know, when you start creating systems like that that reward people, it produces horrible, horrible results. Look at the inner city. Look at crime rates. Look at kids growing up without fathers in the homes. They don't need fathers in the homes. Why? Because women can just get pregnant and have children. They never need to get married. They never need a partner. They can live the life that they want to live. Anytime that you create a reward system, that rewards wickedness like that, it devastates a nation. It devastates an economy. And so, I mean, that's the the wickedness of like socialism, taking from the rich and giving to the poor. You know, you're training people and they've already proven this. They've proven. So a college professor actually did this and I don't want to butcher this story, but he, he took this uh, and did this in his class where he told the class, okay, I'm going to stop grading you on your paper, on your on what you do. What I'm actually going to do is I'm going to allow everybody to take the test 
And then I'm going to take the average of, of what everybody made, and that'll be everybody's grade. Okay? Well, the first time, everybody took the test, and you had the kids that were tryhards, that did really good. They studied, you know, a big portion of the class. They studied really hard, and they did really well. And then you had the other, there was a few kids that did what they always did. They just didn't care. They didn't pay attention. They slept. They got a 20 on the test. Well, you had a bunch of kids that made a 98 on the test. So the guy came back and said, okay, the, the class average was 85. Well, the kids that tried really hard that were used to making 100, they were mad. 85, what in the world? You know, they were very upset about that. The kids that were used to making Fs and failing, they were excited. I did nothing and I made an 85. Well, the next test that they took, those kids now that were used to making 100 and they weren't rewarded for their hard work with the grade that they deserved, well, they stopped trying as hard. And now the second test, the class average was a 65. Well, the third, by the third class, the class average was like a 40 or 45. And so this system that makes you think, oh, you, you, know, you, you, know, you can work and then we're going to take your wealth and we're going to take the fruit of your labor and just give it to people that didn't earn it and we expect society to continue to function, it never works. It will collapse upon itself. That system does not work. It's demonic. It's to take wealth and power and influence away from people. Number nine, implement policies meant to reduce population. I could get into all of this and show you a video of Bill Gates himself. You know, he did a TED Talk. He was talking about CO2 in the atmosphere. He said, you know, and I quote, it's not me saying this. He said this himself. He said, we need to get the number down to zero. There's CO2 that's in our atmosphere. It's killing our planet. Our earth can't sustain it. So what we need to do is get that number down as close as we can to zero. So he said, here are the variables that play into the, the amount of CO2 that's in the atmosphere. The first one was population. He literally said, we need to get these variables as close to zero in order to get the CO2 as close to zero. If you took high school mathematics or chemistry, you know, you understand how to balance equations like that. Simple thing. Um, population. So he said, let's start with population. He said, there's about six point something billion people on the earth, almost seven billion people. We need to get that number down to two billion people. So he said the earth can't support, at this rate, the earth, the earth can't support the amount of people that are here and it can't support this rapid growth. We need to, to reduce the population significantly. He said if we do a good job with vaccines and women's health, we can reduce the population to the correct amount. Y'all, Bill Gates right now is leading, leading the effort in the coronavirus vaccine. You're telling me that you are willing to inject yourself with something that somebody made that is hell-bent on getting rid of over half of the population on the earth? That is crazy if you think that I'm going to inject myself with somebody that thinks that we need far less people on this planet. You know, and the, the women's health. When you start thinking about that, even the, the, the left side that pushes for abortion, that pushes for women's rights, when you start getting down to it and they get interviewed, they don't even really know why they believe what they believe. It's demonic. You know, we've aborted millions and millions of people. 
It's not about women having a right to health and women having a, women having a right to their body. It is literally about population control, reducing the population on the earth. I want you guys to see this. This is Agenda 2030 by the United Nations. It's an effort that they're trying to get. Y'all may sound like, man, that sounds like something that would happen in another country. They are trying to get this as a global effort, taken globally, nationally, and locally. Do you already see things that, that even with that, that? So anytime that there's a candidate that stands up and says, no, we support the United Nations, you as a Christian already know that is not who I need to vote for. You need to push in the opposite direction. No, that is not who I need to vote for. That is not what I need to get behind. Do you see how that is already setting the stage? I'll read it to you, Revelation 13. This was written almost 2,000 years ago. In, in, in 2096, 66 to 96, this will have been written 2,000 years ago. And he wrote, talking about the Antichrist, he will require everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to be given a mark on their right hand and on their forehead. No one could buy or sell anything without that mark, which was either the mark of the beast or the name or the number representing his name. Look at all the things we're discussing, that there is a spirit that 1 John 2 and 1 John 4 talked about that is on the earth right now setting the stage for what is to come, for the Antichrist to rise into his place of power. To step right in. One world government. One world economy. I want you guys to see this thing. Anytime you get a hint of this. You need to fight it. And you know think about the coronavirus. They've already conducted and concluded. This virus did not come from bats. This thing did not come from somebody eating bat soup. They have almost proven this, and it's accepted widely. This virus came from a lab in Wuhan, China. I'm not demonizing a person. I'm not demonizing a people group. I know that the root of this thing is demonic. So let me ask you the question. What was Satan's agenda in releasing this virus on the earth and on the United States? Look at the statistics. When this whole thing started, they said it was going to kill in the United States alone 1.5 million to 2 million people. Well, as the weeks went on, we saw that the numbers haven't come anywhere close, not even globally close to those figures. So what was the agenda? It didn't kill near as many people. It didn't overwhelm the healthcare system. It, you know, they've proven that more people have had it than what they even expected. And so its, it's death rate has dropped way down. They've proven that, you know, statistically, it's actually not near as lethal as they thought. What was the agenda behind all this? Look at the social media. Look at the, the media. Look at the news stations. I'm going to tell you this. Satan cannot take away our rights in the United States of America. Why? Because we have a constitution and we have a bill of rights that our country is bound to uphold. So I'll give you a key. Satan cannot take those rights away. But if he can get people afraid enough, this is what I've seen and this is what he knows. If he can get people afraid enough, he will not have to take your rights away. You will give them to him.
if you're afraid enough. We've seen them push these projections through the roof, scare people, get people scared, get people, you know, willing. And that's the thing. You get people scared enough, now all the government says, now, okay, this is what you need to do, and we're going to protect you. So you just give us, you, you know, for, even though it's in the Constitution, even though it's in the Bill of Rights, you do what we say, and by doing what we say, you will be protected, and you don't have to be afraid of this thing. Churches, stay closed. Businesses, stay closed. People, you can't go to work now. You can't go to work now. You see us moving in that direction. Let's get you dependent upon the government, living in fear, handing control over to them where they'll, they'll be the source of your paycheck, they'll be the source of your protection, that what you learn to do what they say and when they say to do it, what has been the demonic agenda behind this is setting the stage for the things that are come, that are to come. This virus, people think, you know, that's why people freak out. Why did you stay open? Why did your church stay open? The government just said it's only going to, don't you know, it's just going to be for a little while. They're not saying forever. It is the point. If this is not the end, this is just setting the stage, getting people used to handing over their rights anytime they're asked by the government. That is a demonic agenda, a demonic push that's setting the stage. I'm going to tell you, the United States is the last domino to fall. This country is holding back the rise of the Antichrist. Y'all, and I, I've heard Christians say, how could you vote for Donald Trump? How could any person stand behind Donald Trump and the things that he's said, the way that he's acted? Are you kidding me? Donald Trump may be a lot of things, but that man has been appointed by God to hold back this system and this agenda of the Antichrist. He is not for globalism. He is for nationalism. He is not for the United Nations. He is not for all government control. He is not for any of those things. He is not uh, for socialism and the government paying people. He is for getting people to work, getting people standing on their own two feet, getting fathers back in homes, protecting your own personal freedom. Your religious freedom, he has been a friend to the church. He is single-handedly holding back this demonic agenda for the United States completely linking arms and adapting everything that they want to impose by the year 2030, the United Nations. I'm telling you, you need to stand behind this. When, when the United States falls, I mean, I really believe it. Whenever we get somebody in office and, and God, God will it, I'm believing Donald Trump will have another four years. We'll have another four-year window for the church to keep progressing and move. You know, I'll get into a teaching that I'll release, but in Matthew 24, it talks about this is not the time for the church to sleep. This is the time, uh, this is the hour that has been appointed where we are to be harvesting souls. We are to go to work. This is the time of the earth where the anointing in Joel chapter 2, Acts chapter 2 is poured out on the earth. An anointing. Why? To bring people in. This is the year of harvest. Amos chapter 9 talks about there will come a time where the, the, the plowman will overtake the sower. Those that are harvesting the crops, that, that they'll overtake those that are sowing, that there will be more crops to be harvested than there are workers. That's the season we're in. We're not in the season to shut your doors and sleep. We're in the season of going and taking the gospel to the ends of the world, to all the nations as far and as fast as we can possibly go. 
Satan is the last, I'm sorry, United States is the last domino to fall. We are holding back this world order. Number two, the Antichrist can't come into power until the church is gone. You know, so many people get wrapped up in, are we pre-trib, are we mid-trib, are we post-trib? Let me show you this, 1 John 4.4. 4. He says this, But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people. So 1 John 4, if you remember, he's talking about the spirit of the Antichrist. Because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in this world. So the Bible says the Holy Spirit inside of you is greater than the Antichrist spirit, the Antichrist agenda, the Antichrist system, the stage that the Antichrist is trying to set. You can have joy and confidence because the spirit on the inside of you supersedes that spirit that is in the world. A couple more scriptures, Matthew 16, 18 through 19. Now I say to you, Peter, which means rock, Upon this rock I'll build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Satan in the kingdom of Satan has no authority over the church on this earth. Jesus gave us the church, Luke 10, 19. Jesus said, look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. My statement was this. The church has to be gone in order for Satan to take his place of power. In order for Revelation 13 to come to place where the Antichrist is in a place where he controls people, he controls government, he controls economy, the church has to be gone. Because the Antichrist does not have the authority, the church has the authority. What I'm trying to say a couple things is this. If that doesn't tell you the church has to be gone before those things happen, and you see how close we are to those things happening, guys, the church, we are in the last moments. Jesus is coming back. We don't have much more time on this earth. Wake up. Wake up. Get to work. Stop sitting on Netflix. Churches, open your doors back up. Pastors, open your doors back up. Push the gospel forward. This is not the time to build little, awesome, cool, relevant, hip churches. This is the time to go with forward with every force, every bit of energy that we have. Saving people. Because the end is near. The end is near. The kingdom of hell will not conquer the church. It can't. That means we have a responsibility. This is going to sound cheesy, but I remember watching this when I was a kid. Spider-Man. Uncle Ben told Peter, he said, Peter, with, you know, he's on the sidewalk dying. He said, with great power comes great responsibility. God has given us great power. He has not given us authority over Satan so that we could sit on our hands, lay on our fat butts and on our couches and watch Netflix and just say, well, Jesus, this stuff is bound to happen, so just come back and rescue us. He has not given us dominion over the kingdom of hell, power over the spirit of the Antichrist to sit back and wait to be rescued. We have authority to push that system back and to defeat and destroy that system until we are gone off of this earth. That is the job of the church. The church has two jobs. Number one, to win souls to Christ. Matthew 28, 19, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
We have a job to make disciples, to win people to Christ. And number two, Ephesians 6, 12 says, we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. So Ephesians 6, 12 tells us who we're not fighting against, but in that it tells us who we are. You could read it like this. You are fighting against evil rulers, authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Your two jobs as a Christian, as a church, win souls to Christ, fight against the spirit and the system of the Antichrist. Y'all, this is why it's important for you to know who's running for office. This is why it's important to know who you're voting in as mayor, how, who you're voting in as governor, the, the bills that they're passing, the stuff that's going on, because we have, a, we have a responsibility to stand up when that demonic antichrist system raises its head to set the stage for Satan to take his place and to destroy it, to break his hands off, to break his authority off, to rescue people out of his kingdom and bring them into the kingdom of life. We've got to wake up. We've got to start speaking out. It is so sad watching these college, college kids. I don't know how many of them claim to be Christians, and they don't know the first thing about who's running for office. They don't know the first thing about what's happening in the world. Wake up. We've got to be able to recognize this antichrist spirit. The reason I wanted to take this time and go over some of these things a lot of you probably never heard of, you've never thought about. Again, I made this statement in the beginning. I'll make it again. You cannot engage in a battle that you can't see. If you don't know the battle's going on, how are you supposed to fight in the battle? I want to help open your eyes. Lord, bless every person listening to this. I pray that this resource, that this word would go out, reach many people. Faith would be instilled inside of them. They'd start seeing the greater picture. It's not about Democrat or Republican. It's not about uh, pro-life, anti-life. It's not about uh, the coronavirus and staying safe and stay home, save lives. Or you know, it's there's so much more going on. I pray that eyes would be open spirits would see that we would have the discerning of spirits we would discern this antichrist spirit we would call it out we would stand in authority over in our communities in our towns in our counties in our states in our country we stand in authority we reject this spirit we embrace the spirit of god father thank you thank you for a president that stands behind us thank you for governors that are believers Thank you for pastors that refuse to back down, that have stand, that stood strong, Lord. You're anointing many others to keep and follow in the same path. Lord, we love you. We give you all the praise and honor. In Jesus' name, amen.